And we are live. What's up, everybody? This is Nick from P2W Fantasy here live with my co-host, Steffi Smalls, on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter on another Script Two Ships episode. So uh, the show, as always, is one I'm excited for on a weekly basis. Uh, this past Tuesday, me personally, I, I had two shows. I was pulling a, pulling a Steffi. I was doing a few in one night. I, I got to link up with the uh, Dynasty Rewind crew and then John June, who's a great guy as well. Um, Steffi. I know you're traveling all over the place, so I'm, I uh, am appreciative of you being on the show. Uh, what's up with you? What's going on? Not much. I'm in Maine. I apologize. My family is about to, uh, I think they're finishing getting dinner ready, so it might get a little loud down there. Uh, my dad's side of the family is not the quietest humans that you've ever met in your life, but uh, nothing. I'm excited. I'm, you know, relaxing as much as I can on vacation in Maine, which is a surprising place to most people, but nothing too new. Record another episode of Small Talk, so that came up. Uh, yesterday, just the usual over here at Smalls LLC, and a, a lot of best ball drafts. It, it seems like yeah. uh, lately, I think it's a bad habit for myself too. Because la- late last night, I was about to go to go to sleep, and I think you posted one. I'm like, damn, it, I'm not going to bed anytime soon now. But yeah, that seems like yeah. you're pretty active with that. Right, and today the weather wasn't as great, so it wasn't a beach. It was the first not beach day while we're up here. So. Uh, as everyone can see, that's what I do with my time other than uh, doing a write-up for a draft that I was just in. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a good show tonight. Before we get into anything, though, I, I do want to make sure that I give a nice shout-out. So shout-out to Coach Woody's 14U Yorkville Travel Softball Team. Woo! They're state champs. So my buddy John is his daughter, Ava, great softball player. Uh, their team went through a bunch of weird weather and some tough competition, but yeah, 14U Yorkville travel softball team state champs. So shout out to them. I think they're uh, actually have some people watching the show. So congrats to you guys. That is awesome. I think that's something you'll remember probably the rest of your lives. So that's that's big time. Big time. Absolutely. Well, congratulations. So cool. Uh, Steffi, to start, I, I worked on this graphic earlier this week. I thought it'd just be like an opening uh, question for the podcast. But I, I looked at the top five wide receivers 2018 through 2020. And just looked at like, hey, what does it take? You know, and it was just something I, I I threw out there during the week, but it made me think DeAndre Hopkins personally is a guy mm-hmm. I have no shares of, and I think I've never had a share of DeAndre Hopkins in fantasy. And I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I think I've been playing this game wrong because he's been a top five guy the last three seasons and he he's a great talent. Uh with that topic said, you know, we have a bunch of leagues, I'm sure we're both in different types of leagues. Is there a player that stands out to you as a guy like me with Hopkins? Hey, I, I've never had this guy. I, I don't know if there's a big reason, but there's a guy that's great. You just never have had him. Yeah, it's funny. There's uh, the two that come to mind immediately when I saw this. I was trying to think, like, who haven't I had? You know, I auto-drafted. I mean, this wasn't best ball, but I did auto-draft Zeke. Uh, Zeke, I don't, I don't on any other platform have him anyways, but – I realize I don't have any Camara, which is very interesting. Um, I've never had Camara, and it's shocking because obviously he's a phenomenal talent. But I do not have any Camara. I don't. I don't think right now in any leagues I have him either. I think he's a guy I might have had before and then shopped around. But yeah, it's yeah. interesting when yeah I know you produce a lot of content. Same with me. It's interesting to like be high on some guys just based off of what you put out. So like I put that graphic out and then it makes you think like I never had this guy. So it's always interesting. And it's so funny. I feel like I obviously am a huge Saquon truther and I talk about Saquon all the time. I have one. I finally have Saquon for the first time. Like I have not had him prior. So 
Um, I had him in redraft last year, but in Dynasty, I, this is the first year I actually just I have him on one squad, which is an orphan squad. Oh, all right. Uh, and a lot of people think that, you know, if, if analysts or content creators talk too much about players, they must just roster them everywhere. And sometimes it's just not the case, you know. Uh, yeah. But again, very, very interesting. You you mentioned some some of your work that you have going on and another just random question to open up the podcast. But that injury tracker, I know it's, it's going to be huge mm-hmm. for the season. We, we've touched on some guys uh, on previous episodes like Saquon and Gibson and some other guys going through some injuries. Is there one, as you've been updating it now, is there a guy that to you stands out as, hey, like, I, I'm not super comfortable with this injury going into the season? I don't know if there, you know, it means you're not going to draft him or what degree, but is there somebody that stands out for that? Yeah, there's a few. Um, and it, it kind of depends on the, you know, what setting you're playing in, right? So Gibson, like you said, is someone that I'm a little bit nervous about. Everyone knows I was nervous about him last year. I thought that he was headed right to the surgery table uh with that turf toe so to hear him bring it up again this year a little weary and we redraft with him so if i have an option to not take him um i probably am leaning that direction in redraft because you know again we like to not have headaches so if it's uh i don't want two weeks where he's just not playing uh so i have tons of faith i'm drafting him all over the place in dynasty but i will admit in best ball i catch myself now taking mckissick so I think that that's my gut. That's my gut feeling like, uh, you know, God forbid something happens. So um, he obviously is taking his rehab very seriously. But I think redraft, if there's another option right there, I might be leaning towards the other option. But uh, in Dynasty, I'm all over it. That, that makes sense. And I, I like that point about taking the insurance option maybe late in the draft yeah. just for anybody that might be dealing with a nagging injury. I think if you're juggling between a guy like McKissick and a guy that's a fourth string running yeah. back or the fifth wide receiver, yeah. it's kind of smart to look at, hey, what could his value be if something happens? So that, that's Especially a in point. best ball because you kind of have a little bit more leeway Absolutely. there. You know, so in best ball, that he's just he's strictly an insurance policy when you start getting to those late, late, late rounds. Um, and there's just crap all around him. So uh, McKissick, as uh, Bo is saying, McKissick died with Alex Smith. You know, I don't think that he's going to be great, but if you also are going to take him in a late round and he does fantastic two weeks, um, there's a little bit of upside that is potentially there. The other two names that come to mind immediately are Blake Jarwin. I think that he is going to come back uh, in good shape. I think he's just adding something on there to that team. Bo is in the chat, so I won't get too uh, sentimental about Blake Jarwin because I don't want to gas him up too much. And then the other one, too, that people forget about, uh, Tom Brady had a pretty invasive surgery this offseason. You know, he they kept it very hush, but it, it, it's going to be interesting to see if there's anything that affects him, uh, you know, going into the season, which he does. Uh, you know, historically, beginning of the season, we see him not normally do as well until he does later. But uh, he had surgery on that same knee that he had the ACL tear in 2008. So uh, hopefully recovery goes great for him. But I, I am keeping an eye on him. I don't know that I also don't have Brady. I don't think I've ever had Brady. Maybe years ago when I first started playing uh, fantasy football, that's when I had Brady. I haven't had Brady, I think, in years. So he's already not someone, but it's going to be an injury that me uh, with the trackers uh, keep my eyes on. 
And I, I definitely think that the tracker is going to be massive for, for fantasy. It's going to be a good source for anybody who just wants to take a quick peek before they set their lineups on the weekend and see what's going on in some detail. So instead of searching the web, they can go to that tracker. So that is awesome. Um, but before we get into anything else, I want to make sure I say this podcast is partnered up with Fantasy Points Media Group. So check out FantasyPoints.com. I had a walking advertisement the other day just detailing how I use Fantasy Points for my own content. Other content creators, one-stop shop. If you are a casual fan, one-stop shop for rankings and articles and all of that. You can be any sort of person in the fantasy world, and I think that the site is very useful for all the, the tools and uh, rankings, advanced stats that you need in one spot. So definitely check out fantasypoints.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code 21WIN10. So what Steffi and I have today is a sleeper episode, and I know the word sleeper is thrown around a lot, so we'll, we'll talk about that in a second here. Um, but yeah, we'll go through each position, talk about some of our personal sleepers for the coming year in 2021, and uh, it's a topic that I, I like to hear people's perspectives on a lot, because a sleeper, again, to Steffi might not be to me or, or vice versa, and it's always interesting to think about some people that maybe we have not really factored into our, our drafting strategy, so we'll get to that in a second here. all right and appreciate everybody in the chat got kevin uh chiming in here too saying go cowboys and random things like that uh appreciate it uh, everybody tuning in right now so seppi Talking about some sleepers, first off, we have to define it. And again, me and you can define it completely different because I think, honestly, when it comes to some of these terms in fantasy, it's your perspective on it. So what is your perspective on what the term sleeper means for when anybody is talking about a sleeper player? I, you know, I hate this word, to be completely honest. I think it is the most obnoxious word that is used in fantasy football. I always say this. Because I think that there's so many ways, even trying, uh, seeing the show sheet, trying to come up with it myself, I, I immediately went to do my sleepers, and then I went to define it and realized those were not sleepers. So, like, a sleeper to me should be someone that no one is talking about. Not Twitter. Like, it should be a, you know, a dead body, someone that is not getting a lot of news, essentially, right? Like, it should be someone that we're not talking about. Uh, but at the same time, it is, you know, Twitter and people are bringing up names that are obviously hot takes. So I think it's just a guy that is not getting drafted very early for his uh, position. That's a that's a good point there. And, and I think what you started to get at is probably what you and I probably look at for a sleeper. Not that we have like a crazy amount more knowledge, but I'd say that we're not super casual when it comes to fantasy. So when mm -hmm. names are thrown around, we might be talking about them on podcasts or writing about them or, you know, doing best ball drafts and seeing them every, every single day. But to some others that are casual fans, they might not know this running back that's going running back 40 mm -hmm. or something like that. So right. I, I, I wrote down just like random notes, but to me, real simple, someone that's being 
undervalued that I feel like is going to exceed their expectations to be very usable in fantasy because somebody can be the wide receiver 60 projected, but finishes the wide receiver 50 and do better. But maybe that's not super usable in fantasy. I, I like guys that are being undervalued. Maybe their ADP is low, maybe and not, you know, a lot of people are talking about them or ranking them high. And I feel like they can exceed that expectation, but I can use them. I think that's the, the that's the most important part is actually using a sleeper because a guy can be a sleeper because he plays, but if you can't plug him into your flex ever, then I don't think it's worth even talking about, you know? Right. Um, I so. kind of think of that person, like, you know, that player as, uh, you know, it's week six. Uh, someone has maybe gotten hurt or something's not going the way you thought, but you kind of have insurance in another player that you can, you know, replace them with and get production. So I think that's a big thing. Like you truly believe that at some point they will produce to a level that you're using on a weekly basis. Yep. Yep. That's a great point there. And I love all the, the comments coming in. Um, I'm just going to read off a couple Scott says, love watching you guys. You guys bring a lot of passion and energy to the show. Appreciate that. Hollywood. My favorite sleepers are Nick script and Steffi smalls, uh, man. Just awesome comments. Sleepers need to wake up, says Josh. Appreciate the comments, guys. Thank you guys for tuning into the show. Awesome comments. Um, let, let, let's start things off. So we'll go position by position here. We'll start with the, the quarterback position. So sometimes it, it's tough with this because it's very dependent on are they playing the whole season? There's so many positional battles right now. Uh, who they're, and I'm going to use the term weapons, who's their receiving core? What's yeah. the team outlook? So uh, the quarterback position, I'll let you go first on this one. Do you, do you have a guy that stands out to you as a sleeper, somebody that maybe is not being valued to what they, they should? So it's like, so instantly my brain is obviously going to Daniel Jones, who's, and I'm pulling it up. I apologize that I don't have my screen with me, so I don't have my notes. So I'm looking at my phone a little bit. So it's a little bit hey, more Vacation difficult. moves, vacation moves. Oh, yeah, I'm doing the do. best I can for everyone. So uh, instantly, I think Daniel Jones, obviously, right? You know, uh, his ADP is 20, he's going QB 26. But if we want to get sleeper, sleeper action, like let's do real, real sleepers. Let's talk about Tyrod Taylor uh, and Davis Mills. Someone's right. going to have to play. Um, so I like both of those. I think that their potential with Watson and whatever is going on in his realm of the world, I'm loving both of those because they're a steal. You know, Tyrod Taylor at a QB 41 right now. Awesome. Love it. Uh, and I know this is supposed to be one, but of course, this uh, it's me, so I'm going to give another one, too. Is Heineke, I also am very high on, because these are guys, all three of those guys can get very, very late. Like, they're falling out of the top 40. Um, they're steals. They're someone that you can take off waivers. And uh, the likelihood that Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, like, the fact he's not going to finish the season, in my opinion, I don't think he's playing every single game. So the person that will go in is Heineke, who did show us flashes of something. So these are guys also, you know, you they kind of can save the day for you, especially if you really need to win a week, uh, you know, and Ryan goes down or, you know, Davis Mills goes in for the first time and ends up doing well for three weeks. Those are those are sneaky sleeper options that you could have. Absolutely, especially in the late rounds of Superflex League. So Superflex, again, you can start two quarterbacks. You start scrapping at the end of those, especially mm -hmm. if you are in a deep league. And if you start thinking for the second string quarterbacks, who has the best chance of actually playing? 
those names you you said, uh, Taylor Heineke, you have Davis Mills, you just go down the list. There's an opportunity for them to potentially play based off of previous years with the quarterback. So uh, good, good point there. Um, I have a quick question based off of that. So are, are you doing most of your projections based off of what you just said with the two quarterbacks there, Tyrod and, and Davis? Are you expecting Deshaun Watson just out? Like, I don't want to get too deep into oh, like, no, any legal not, things. He's not playing next year. Uh, right. I don't think so. I, I'm, I'm fairly confident in that. I think that, you know, whenever you all of a sudden get silence, it means that there's settling going on. It's happened. It's just known. That's a thing that happens, right? Everyone's talking. Everyone's talking. Everyone's talking. It's all we hear about. Silence. It means that they're settling. They're going to find a way to come to a happy solution between him and the NFL so that he can play next year, but he's getting a suspension. And I think that he also has continued. The only thing he's done is run his mouth about not wanting to play there anyways. So you might as well get invested in one of these guys. Davis Mills is actually a really interesting prospect. He's someone I had my eyes on. He's not NFL ready by any means, but he definitely has a lot of raw talent that could make him someone, you know, we're not, and sometimes in fantasy, crappy teams can still give you points. So if he's the guy that's going out there and getting week-to-week points, I'm in. But Deshaun Watson, I don't see uh, – you know, I'm not taking him in redraft for any reason. Yeah, and the, the scary part, like you said, is it was so loud before with that whole, sit- whole situation, mm-hmm. and then it got super, super quiet. And I think yeah. sometimes, like you said, quiet is not a good thing. A lot of people going crazy in the chat here. Uh, Troy King and, and David Mendy just going going at it. Uh, the first Steph nails are on fleek. Do the kids still say that? Troy, Troy's. I, I saw a tweet. He's turning thirty one on Saturday. He's 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 having a birthday, so I think he's kind of just shifting and, and figuring these these terms out. So uh, a lot of people in the chat right now. My my guy, my guy. So I looked at the Fantasy Pros consensus rankings. They look at seven sources uh, for ADP. And we know the name, but there's a lot of bad stigma behind it. So Jameis Winston, to me, is a guy I think can be very, very valuable in, in fantasy for this coming season. He's He has an ADP right now of QB 30. 30. Wow. So a lot of people, when talking about Jameis Winston, what do you talk about? You talk about the, the year where he's almost split. He had 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Everybody talks about almost throwing as many interceptions as touchdowns. How do you throw that many interceptions? They don't talk enough about how he was QB3 that year in 2019. He had the most passing yards in the league. There was massive upside playing Jameis Winston in fantasy. Was he frustrating at times? Sure, but to finish QB3 overall, that had good value. What also is not talked about enough, I I think, is the fact that him being in a better system, I think that will make sure that he is a little bit more conservative, I think will make him a better quarterback. He fixed his vision. We can make jokes about that. He's got that going on, but uh, Sean Payton, I think having Kamara out of the backfield, who is a massive playmaker, Michael mm-hmm. Thomas is going to do more than run the, the the slant routes, even though he gets that uh, stamp on him. I think Jameis Winston is going to win this job, and I think he's going to be valuable just because the system is going to allow him to be, and I think the fact that he has that massive average depth of target, he's going to use Michael Thomas, the easy outlets are going to go to Kamara. I think QB 30 is a rough, rough uh projection for Jameis Winston if he starts day one through week 17. I don't know if you have any strong feelings on Winston. No, I definitely agree. My And you know this. I think we talked about it maybe two weeks ago. I, my only concern is that they start doing this cute, you know, QB tango that worries me. But I also think in that sense, uh, Winston's still sneaky because 
those weeks that his ceiling ends up exploding, which he's very capable of. Uh, he's an absolute steal, especially at 30 right there. Uh, there's no reason that he can't win this job. And, uh, you know, he's obviously putting in the work. And I think, you know, this is forget the coach talk. It's like watch the player talk, watch the player videos, watch with how they're moving in the offseason. He clearly wants his job. And I think that he's going to do everything that he can to get it. Uh, and even if what, and a sleeper, if he gives you what, six weeks of great points, that's a sleeper to be, right? So, uh, and that potential right is right there. A absolutely. And uh, even more people in the chat, I think they're all talking to each other. Uh, shout out to Commissioner Breeze, one of my one of my good buddies uh, chiming in there. Uh, Steffi, we'll shift over to the running back position. Running back yeah. position is kind of tough because I feel like for a lot of teams, it seems pretty clear what's going on. And then for other teams, you have no idea what is going on. And I, we can go backfield to backfield for the big mysteries with the Texans and, and the Patriots and what's going to happen in Buffalo. And then you can go to the Panthers where you know Christian McCaffrey right. is going to get a lot of touches. It's just a big, diverse spectrum there. So is there a guy that stands out to you for the running back position? This is a sleeper for Steffi. Yes. Okay. So this is very interesting. I am talking sleeper, sleeper, like that you may be able to, this is last round waiver. Like I'd rather just give people something that I feel confident, you know, if it was before the draft, I might say Kalen Balazs to you, but with Najee Harris, I no longer think that he's even worth considering a sleeper. Someone that I do think is worth considering a sleeper is Salvin Ahmed on the Miami Dolphins, which sounds insane and I get it and that's fine. But the risk, the times that he was playing when he was active, he was productive. And I think there is a lot of boom uh, potential, obviously high bust and he may not be in for much, but again, maybe I'm basing it too much off injuries, but I still think there's a lot of talent there. So I think that they need to have a running game. That's a little bit more than they've been able to accomplish. I am also not a huge Gaskins guy, so I'm a little bit – I am skeptical of that. So does he end up being the guy that's able to produce – you know, I think when he was in, he had at least 11-point-something points per game. May not have been a lot of games. That's enough for me, though, if someone is to go down and they did put him in. That's a – all, all good points there. And when he did play last year, when Gaskin was out, he, he performed well. Um, is there a world? Gaskin's a great pass catcher. We saw the numbers mm -hmm. last year, the amount of catches he had and what he did when he had the ball in his hands. Is there a world where Ahmed, Ahmed gets more carries than, than last year when they both were on the field and then Gaskin's utilized more in the passing game and they have that like weird Rojo Fournette sort of combination mm -hmm. going on? I, I mean, it's a possibility, right? And yeah. This is I an offense. offense going to get going this year is the thing. And that's something to look out for. So, yeah, maybe uh, they don't have uh, the running game that we all adore and we uh, like to see every year. But I think once an offense uh, doesn't have to rely on one side of the ball because you fixed it, and I think that they did fix it in Waddle and Fuller, so you keep those guys healthy. You know, you have Jacecki. There is going to be times where they're on the field more. The offense is going to be good. It's going to be a fast-moving offense. So is he going to get touches? He very much could if Gaskins can't keep up. And and what's what's great about this this team that stands out is the other side of the ball. I mean, last year they literally had Tua barely throwing in the one game. I think he threw the ball like 12 times or something because the defense allowed them to manage the game. 
and they added this year. They added a safety at the uh, Holland, I think. Uh, they added they added more pieces to this defense, and I think it's a team that wants to win games and manage the game. And we saw we saw their head coach do that this this past season. For sure, I agree. I totally agree. So mine's not mine's not as deep as that, and I like I like this mix because we started off with the quarterbacks, and you brought up the Texans backfield or. Uh, the quarterback position. I brought up Jameis Winston, who most people know, but obviously that ADP is low. So I like the kind of back and forth, like, Hey, I know this name. Maybe I don't know this name as much. And my guy, and, and a lot of people are not going to like it. I, I know that, but my guy, and actually was in the comments that I'm putting. I was going to, I'm going to pick him. So I'm glad that you sent me your option. Oh, good. Good. I almost good. said you. Thank you. I just got a lot of crap for him. So I'm excited for us to All go right. off about this a little bit here because good. I'm very much in on this. I like that. And, and and I had to like send it to you at first because there's been weeks before and I, I like that we're on the same, same wavelength sometimes because you, you, yeah, we snipe each other. We snipe each other all the time, all the time. Like that was my guy. That was my guy. Uh, so J- James Conner, what's, what's the downside? The downside is he's missed at least three games in each of the last three seasons. So you obviously don't like that. He had that monster RB six season though in 2018 where he had that work workhorse uh, role, both rushing and receiving He's not really lived up to that RB6 expectation the last two seasons, but career 4.3 yards per carry. He fills in the Kenyon Drake role. And I know a lot of people want this world where Chase Edmonds is this workhorse running back for some reason, and I do not see it happening at all. I don't. This past season, Kenyon Drake was seventh in rushing attempts, so that's pretty good, and fourth in red zone attempts. So that is on the table for Connor, and I think Connor is taking that. I know it's going to be a running back by committee between him and Chase Edmonds, but Chase Edmonds is that change of pace guy. He catches balls out of the backfield. James Conner is going to get some decent carries in a high-paced offense that is going to be in good field positions. He is going to be in the red zone, and he is going to carry the ball in the red zone. Kyler Murray is not – he's a rushing quarterback, but if you look at his red zone carries, it wasn't like Cam Newton and it wasn't like Lamar Jackson. He was below those guys. So James Conner, I think, going RB34 right now, could James Conner be the RB20 or the 22 or the 23? It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if you want to argue that it won't, fine. But RB34, I'm taking him at that value all day long. And it sounds like you you like that as well. I agree. And here's what, you know, and this is something that I've, I, is apparently becoming part of my brand more than even uh, the white claw is, is like, uh, eliminating the use and abuse clause and taking care of running backs is like the best thing you can do because then they can be productive without getting hurt, which is everyone's complaint about him. Uh, you know, the Cardinals uh, have Murray, who obviously has the rushing upside. They have Hopkins. I'm not totally sold on the other receivers over there, but I think that Connor, uh, if I were to compare, so Connor is to running to the running back position as Ingram is to the tight end position. They need low stress. Uh, they need to not be considered the main targeted guy. Uh, they need very minimal, but they can be productive if they actually have minimal, because as you give them more, they either do worse or get hurt. That's what happens with them. Um, so I think that uh, Arizona is in such a good position to put all their players, uh, you know, all their players longevity uh, where it should be. So, you know, you take Kyler was saying he's running for his life. Now you don't have to run for your life because, uh, you know, Connor can pick up some of the slack, but he doesn't have to pick up all of it because you still have, you know, Edmonds who can have a minimal role and then your uh, receiver core. 
And the the weird thing for me, and, and I'm not like anti-Chase Edmonds, but I think Chase Edmonds, we, we know what he is. And I think people want him to be something he's not. I think people want right. him to be this, this RB1 on a team that's getting a majority of the touches. He's running the ball like crazy. He's also catching the ball. He's not the the Saquon, the the McCaffrey, the Cook player. He's just not. And and I think that I'm not saying Connor is, but I think that they we, we talked about this before, Stevie. Kenyon Drake and and Josh Jacobs. Do they complement each other or are they the same guy? They're the same guy, right? Identical. These two guys, these two guys are very different, and very different guys could be useful in fantasy. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, very different guys. I mean, you, you go down when when James White was was relevant back a handful of years ago. Him and the other running back, relevant guys because they did two different things, you know. Right. So I, I think James Conner is a guy that people keep pushing farther down the, the totem pole, and he's RB34. At the start of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if he even goes further than that. And I think if I'm in a draft, in a redraft, I'm looking to get him in the later rounds before a lot of people still left on the board. Right, and people are just out of him. And, and that's why you have to pay attention to. This is why injuries are so important and so valuable is, like, it's so easy for a player to get labeled like injury prone. We're seeing it happen to Moss, like even right now, but there's also so much value that can come out of that because they drop so far because the injury prone label has been given to them. Now, you know, you're, people are sending me, they're picking up Saquon at, at two nine, which is insane. Uh, just because uh, all of a sudden everyone's decided they are prone to injuries, you know, but no one does that to Brady. No one does that to certain players. So, uh, you don't see them for a while or they disappoint you and redraft and then you cry river and it's like you don't want to ever touch that player again. <laughs> that's a, that's facts. That's facts right there. Um, I think emotion goes in a, in, in a fantasy too, too often. Yes. People think about like being burned in a season, but they forget about, you know, what did this guy do two seasons ago and what can he do in this offense that continues to add pieces to the, the uh, receiving core and things like that. So uh, I'm glad we're on the same page with that. I thought I was going to get some, some pushback because every time I bring up James Conner, I feel like everybody's kind of anti Conner. I got attacked. I had to mute my conversation because uh, Dynasty Nerds posted uh, Conner Ed- Edmonds. And I was like, I cannot believe we're still having this conversation. It's Conner. Like, he is no, even at the end of the day, Conner has the better talent. Like, they're, they do not compare in my head, like, even film wise. There's nothing about them that makes me think Emmons is all of a sudden going to have a breakout year. Now he's for sure not because Connor is going to step into a role and then Kyler can rush without rushing so much that he hurts himself. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And this guy's going to be prolonged in this offense. That's, that's what I think for James Connor shifting to the wide receiver position. So again, interesting position to talk about. There's thousands of right wide receivers to choose from. It seems at, at times, um, I have two different guys, so maybe we can go back and forth. I have a guy who is a common name, and then I have an uncommon name. Um, I'll start with uh, my first guy here. So, again, we we know this guy's name. He's not like a super deep dive, but I think he is continuously disrespected, and I literally do not care about the quarterback situation. It's Brandon Cooks. So Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 36 right now. Before I even get into anything, here's, here's Brandon Cooks over time, 2020 wide receiver 17, 2018, wide receiver 13, 2017, wide receiver 15, 2016, wide receiver 10, 2015, wide receiver 13. So across all of these years I just named, he is always within the top 15 for most of it. And then he had that wide receiver 17 season uh, last season. But for some reason, he's now the wide receiver 36, according to ADP. And I know Watson, I know Watson is a big impact on that. 
But again, we kind of touched on it before. Sometimes these teams that are bad produce some good fantasy options because a team like the Texans is not going to defend well. They're going to have to throw the ball well. If it's Mills, if it's Tyrod Taylor, they're going to throw the ball a lot, and their wide receiver one is Brandon Cooks. I cannot name another cheaper wide receiver one on a team than Brandon Cooks, in my opinion. If you go down the list, who's the wide receiver one for this team is Brandon Cooks. Um, that concussion, I know you you dive deep into the injury stuff. He's missed three games over the past six years, but because he had those concussions, a lot of people still to this day think that he is like injury prone or something, and it's, it's, a, it's a myth for him. Um, they do have a Sterling Shepard too. It's because again, like everyone go back. This is again, part of my brand. Use and abuse, use and abuse. Like look at the guys that get hurt and why do they get hurt? Why does Sterling Shepard get hurt? Why, you know, these guys are getting hurt because they're getting expected uh, to carry the entire team. CMC, Saquon, name it, name the player. And I will explain to you why they got hurt is because they're expected to carry too much load or the injury was a freak thing where, you know what, it happened on a play, it was whatever it is. But a, a lot of this use and abuse stuff happens, uh, and you can't rely on one person on one team. And it happens a lot on offenses that are not that strong because you're relying really on one talent. Absolutely, and, and I think you have to look at the actual injuries sometimes, and and I know right. concussions are concussions are, are serious. You know, I, I had a bad one in college myself, and then, you know, you're prone to potentially having another one down the road if you are, you know, hit similar, things like that. But at the same time, like, don't label this guy as injury prone. Or some people have said with Cooks, one more hit, one bad hit, and this guy can be out for good. That's the same for anybody who plays – NFL football, exactly. one bad hit. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's so, than, like uh, Todd Gurley, for example, I think is really. I think he led this motion. I think that this a lot. Of, I, I'm realizing it now, and I almost decided I was going to write an article on it. I think Todd Gurley scared the crap out of everyone. I think that him and his arthritis and whatever it is, he had a reason to get the arthritis. He had like the medical signs were there. Everything was there, um, but people kept trusting him whereas like he could have been labeled as injury prone given his actual history uh that's someone you can label as injury prone um but again people forget too i always think of uh gronkowski right uh u of a alum this dude had like seven surgeries before he even entered the nfl and then won how x amount of games and now is still playing and just won another super bowl so it like injury prone is different to certain people. It's not, it, it's very player reliant. You don't just get an injury and you're injury prone. <laughs> yeah. I, and I had uh, Dr. Edwin Porras on the show and he kind of just went, went, went through this. He's part of fantasy points as well. And he just, I think at this point he's annoyed of saying the same thing just over and over again when it comes to that. But uh, again, Brandon cooks, will, will Watson, I'm going to go back to that point real quick and then I'll move on to yours. Will Watson potentially not being there affect him? Yes. In that case, though, we've seen so many wide receivers perform with bad quarterback play. Look at Terry McLaurin his whole career mm -hmm. with Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen. You go down the list. And then uh, the Bengals last season, they had like Ryan Finley and whoever else was throwing the ball, Brandon Allen, and T. Higgins still did good. So Brandon Cooks being a top like 15 guy most of his career, wide receiver 36 is disrespectful for me. Um Who's any final comments on Cooks and then give me give me one of your guys? I don't think on Cooks I have any. So I'll start with one of mine did so I'll briefly mention that I do think Nico Collins is also a sneaky uh I like Nico. 
But I, like I don't know that he's going to be, I'm going to consider my sleeper, but I do think, you know, again, you can have a crappy team, but you add someone, you know, you really only need production out of X amount of players for fantasy purposes. Like, are they still going to be bad? Yes. Uh, but can Nico Collins maybe even take the pressure off like we've been talking about and maybe be productive in the offense? I think he's one of what he was one of my favorite, uh, you know, rookie targets. I think he was going he's going at wide receiver 81. That's free. OK, like that's you just that's that is for free. He's uh, discounted to the point where you pay zero dollars. Uh, so he is one of them. I name that more. And I have a second one after this, but. I'll start with the one that more people are aware of a little bit more chatter is Russell Gage. Um, Russell Gage is just dropping like crazy. I mean, he right now is where did he go? He is going at wide receiver 71. What? Oh my God. I didn't like, realize that. I didn't realize I, that. I, I, I can see if you, if you said six, if you said 51, pros. maybe I didn't switch it, but. No, you're you're probably correct just oh, based I, off of on. people's that's responses. Standard. That's standard. Hold on. Hold on. I didn't I didn't mess it up, everyone. This way I need my screen here. But regardless, he's going with I know he's going too low. Uh, you know, he fit he's so he's 61 in PPR, which that's is not still still. That's really not much to, it, there's not much difference there. But he finishes wide receiver 37, and that was with a Julio Jones. He has uh a repeat shown that he plays uh very well when julio is not in the field uh you know he finished 11.3 points per game last year he is going to get targets he's the clear wide receiver too now that's what he's needed i think that to completely fade him and start throwing uh darts when you're drafting is a little ridiculous yes kyle pitts is coming i get that they're a productive offense. They're going to be a productive offense. You know, Pitts is going to take a lot of that work for sure. But we've never seen uh, Gage be a wide receiver too. And I don't know that Calvin Ridley is absolutely wide receiver one, but in, in his own way to the point where I think that Gage will still be productive. I'm going to read you off some, some points right here. And you tell me at the end if you would be fine flexing this guy, right? So, so this past season, 20 16.6, 15.1, 18.76, 17.8, 25.2. If that was your flex player, would you be okay with some of those scoring weeks? Yeah, I think it would be just fine with that. I think I'd be okay with that too. And, that, and that's what he did this past season. Yeah. And I think his opportunity is better now. I know some people will look at, well, look at the splits. He actually did better when Julio was on the field. Well, let's let's say they, they changed the offense around. I mean, like... The Kyle Pitts is there. I don't see Hayden Hurst being a massive. I think he's a great blocker. He's going to be on the field and he's going to block him, like for dear life with him. Yeah. And I want him too because he's a nice guy. But I think that's what oh yeah he's on to. Uh, I I think that chapter, especially being the blocker that he is, he's going to take over that role. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I think he's going to be on the field, but not in the sense that he's eating up some targets. So I like Russell Gage because if you just look at wide receivers, and I know Pitts is this like weird tight end wide receiver. But if you just look at wide receivers, he's the wide receiver too on a team that throws the ball every single year. Matt Ryan is one of the highest passing attempted players in the league. It's a, it's a fact. So especially a team that does struggle. I know everyone is very excited. Quad squad. Got it. Cool. 
they don't have the most elite running game, but they have a very productive offense. So I think to expect Russell Gage to just be useless, like he's going to do well uh, in this. He's a very, I think his floor is beautiful. Yeah, I, I agree with that because the volume is going to be there. So if he can you can you rely on him to be your wide receiver or two on your team on a weekly basis? Maybe not, but for a flex, come on. I, we just read the points off. That's great points on a weekly basis. Not a weekly One person basis. gets hurt, and I'm telling you that he goes in. But he's shown to be someone that is worth one of those last round picks. I'm getting him so late. I think I got him. I'll have to pull it up from the write-up I was doing, but I got him very, very late today, like the other day. In a best ball league or a different draft? It was in redraft. Best ball, too. I mean, this guy screams best ball, in my opinion, especially if he can have – we read those weeks off. Mm-hmm. If he can have a 20-point week every oh, yeah. three weeks or four weeks or whatever the case is, that's a great best ball player. Exactly. Um, he's known to do that, you know? My my guy again, and I'm I'm throwing guys out there that have these iffy quarterback situations, and it is what it is. Uh, I had fantasy scouts, uh, Sam, who who runs fantasy scouts on my podcast like a while ago, and he was just like pounding the table and just saying this guy is going to be great in the NFL. This guy's going to be great in the NFL, and in my opinion, he has a great opportunity regardless of who the quarterback is, and it's Amari Rogers. So Amari Rogers, Packers picked him up in the third round. Right now, he is going as the wide receiver 80. So I think he must be very close to Nico Collins, who both of them are, are good sleepers. But th- this guy, I mean, he, you look at Trevor Lawrence highlight tapes and he's all over it. He connected with Lawrence on a year. He took a big jump in 77 receptions for over a thousand yards with Trevor Lawrence. He lined up in multiple places. If you look at the guy, he's like a short guy, but he's built like a running back and they scheme up a lot of different ways for him to get the ball in his hands because when it's in his hands, he makes plays. So I can definitely see a world where he comes into this Green Bay Packers system, which I, I personally don't like them at all, not like not even a little. But are you a Bears fan or something? Or? Yeah, 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 big oh, Bears fan, oh, big oh, Bears oh. fan. Yeah, uh, but but I can see him coming in the system and Green Bay doing the same thing, finding and scheming up ways for Mario Rogers to get the ball in his hands. He's going to line up in different places of the field. Alan Lazard and MVS and Funchess are not guys that I care about, to be honest. I was. I was really kind of putting some hope into Alan Lazard, but just like the injuries and the inconsistencies and then MVS drops like every three balls that are thrown to him. So I think he just has a great opportunity. And if it's Aaron Rodgers, that's massive. If it's Jordan Love, it's they're still going to find ways to get this guy the ball. So I think Amari Rodgers at the end of your redrafts is a decent consideration for one of your last picks because he can easily be the wide receiver two in a team. And I'm interested in guys that are going super late in drafts that could be the wide receiver two on a team. Exactly. And I think that's part of it, too, is especially these teams where it's not really uh, clearly determined who is going to pick up some of the slack there, especially if they're coming in as a rookie. I think they're in a good position. My I posted before my uh, mom's cousin. So my cousin, but how many times removed? Uh, finally asked me for fantasy advice, huge fantasy player his whole life. And nice. uh, one of the guys that was left at in his rookie draft at like 301 or whatever it was, was Amari Rogers. So, nice, and I think nice. he's, he's, and I think, you know, with all the chatter too, uh, if Aaron does leave, does Adams leave next year being on a contract year, right? So do we see him actually not end up staying there? Because I think we all saw him get very sentimental, a little teary eyed, you know, during that press conference when the initial stuff came out. So does it become this thing where he wants to leave next year? 
could 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 be the case and i mean that that means the entire offense is going to have to shift around and again guys that fall into opportunities can be fantasy gold sometimes especially if you're getting them in the third round of a rookie dynasty or in the 15th round of your redraft league so good good points right. there did did you have another guy or did you say both years so I want to at least give one Colts guy just for the listeners because I know that they oh, yeah. that's, uh, a, that's right. a good so, question from Josh uh, here. Right? So if I have you. So Paris Campbell, he's not going to be the guy that I elaborate on, but I will for you say that I think Paris Campbell is going far too late. I think that the potential is there, but there's a lot that relies on Wentz and uh, the other pieces that are there, but they have all – uh, the ability to be very, very, very effective offense. That's if we get Wentz to pull his head out of his whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> the guy that I was going to go with is obviously everyone knows I scream about is Jalen Darden. You know, he's going so late. In You don't even – some I picked him up off waivers off uh, one team. But that's one of your branded guys. Go ahead. No, I said that's one of your branded guys. He's not so much a uh, redraft because he won't go and redraft. And if he starts to, for some reason, come into the game, I don't know that we see him unless they make a very big playoff run. Maybe he'll touch the field then. He's not going to be active in redraft. This is not me telling you. Pick him up. Please do not. Uh, but in Dynasty, he's going so late, and he will eventually be the most dominant receiver on that team. And no one knows about him because he didn't go to a flashy school. But – uh, he's, I think, one of the best prospects ever was entering. And especially in your dynasty leagues, I mean, if if you are struggling at the wide receiver position, I, I know for a fact that I'm in two right now that he is free. He's on the waiver wire because people uh, want to use guys that are going to play this year. And there's also some leagues that are not as deep. So, um, you know, we, we talk a lot of redraft, but we also touch on dynasty on the podcast here. And I think you got to look and just kind of – look at that waiver wire on a weekly basis because yeah. there can be some gems that year two, this guy is super valuable and you, you might've got him for free and now you can trade him for some great value or use him in your lineups. Yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, you know, paying attention to all that is like the main thing is figuring out where he is, who has him on. But I think definitely for dynasty, especially if you have a taxi squad is what I was trying to get at is like, if you have a taxi squad, like snag him, snag the guys that my think, you know, darted somehow is starting to pick up a little heat. So now is the time to do it because people are not going to get rid of him once he starts doing well. No, absolutely not. Uh, we'll finish off here with the, the tight end position. And I feel like, I feel like half of the tight ends can be talked about as sleepers because we never know how, you know, a large chunk of these guys are going to end up finishing. And again, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pound the table. And I've said this like six times on the podcast, but I'm going to pound the table on tight ends and it's 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 lazy to just say that there's three tight ends or four tight ends and then the rest is a dart throw i've said this like every week because i think that's not the right way to play fantasy i think you got to find reasons why you want a guy and you want to draft a guy and put him on your team and find what you're looking for in a tight end so for some people it's like who has a big touchdown upside that's the tight end i want for for me it's who has clear path to potential targets and volume so it's different for people but don't have that like lazy analysis saying there's only three tight ends and then the rest is a dart throw. Do 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 a little bit of research and look into some of these guys. But um, this is going to be some coach talk, and I know you and I, Steffi, talk about this also on a weekly basis. You got to be careful with coach talk. But my guy, I want to talk about briefly here is Gerald Everett, who I've never liked in fantasy. I've never liked Gerald Everett in fantasy. But tight end twenty two right now for his ADP. 
June 18th, Coach P. Carroll, and he's another guy that speaks a lot, but when asked about a potential breakout candidate for two, uh, 2021, named Everett on Thursday, Michael Sean Dugar of The Athletics reported. So I know that's coach speak, but I don't think you just like throw around breakout. I don't think you, you have a guy who's performing average at camp and just say, hey, this guy's going to break out. I think he's obviously having a good camp. And if you look at the Seahawks, look at their tight ends across the last handful of years here. So this past season, Hollister and Olsen split for 77 combined targets. So they barely were throwing the ball to the tight end. 2019, they had Hollister and Disley, average tight ends. 2018, they had Nick Vanette as their starting tight end. So they've never really had a guy that can be like Everett, be athletic, run some routes. So I do think that there is a good chance that he can see some volume. And I think that if he is eating up some space in the middle of the field, it's going to help Lockett. It's going to help Metcalf. I think Everett's a sneaky tight end that might be like your second or third option for redrafts if you if you roster three, especially if he's going a tight end 22 right now. So again, not a guy that I've like ever liked, to be honest. I've never been high on Everett, but I think he can be sneaky in fantasy this year, especially if he can step in and get some targets right away. I don't know if you're anti-Everett or what's your thoughts on, on that? Yeah, I'm like torn on the, I think the Seahawks in general. I just have bad vibes about them. Like I'm such a good analyst, but like I just, I have weird feelings about the Seahawks this year. Uh, you know, I sold Metcalf, um, but I think I agree with you. I think that he also could step into that role and be someone that is getting more targets than we imagine. I think you're right. You don't say that someone's going to do that if they're like have no potential there. Yeah. Who, who, who is your guy that comes to mind? I, I know you, you are a person that likes to hoard tight ends at times, and you often talk about them. So I, I'm always curious to hear your thoughts on tight ends. So I want to make it through one show and also be clear that I have not brought up um, a single Giants player other than Daniel Jones. I elaborated entirely on everyone that wasn't a Giant. So it's very tempting right now to talk about Rudolph, who is going to be a redraft king and not a dynasty relevant player. But I will be... Uh, I'll try to give a better option. So Zach Ertz is now finally, it seems like this guy is going to be traded. We've waited for it. Um, he's someone that has done and produced very well for years. Um, if he goes to Buffalo, you know, Buffalo had the four uh, least targets to tight ends. They don't use the tight end. But if they get Ertz, do they start using the tight end? It's very interesting. So I think he could end up being a sleeper. Um, you know, I think that you know, who is it? Let, like, let's look at where he's even going. This guy is going. So uh, tight end 18. If it was last year, we wouldn't see him as low. So I think in redraft, he's great. If we're talking dynasty, OJ Howard, I still have uh, confidence in. Rob Gronkowski is still held together by paper clips. <laughs> like that's literally how he's held together. Uh, he can't, and we saw him not be able to do that. And I think OJ Howard, it looks like he's doing really good with his injury. So those are two, if I were to dart throw there a little bit, uh, I'm pretty confident. I, but Ertz has to go to the Bills, or I have a different opinion. <laughs> I mean, if you look at his history, he's not super old. He's had a lot of great years. The the situation with the, the Eagles the last like two seasons have been, you know, it's been pretty iffy. I think if Ertz goes to Buffalo, his ADP is going to skyrocket because it's such a big passing offense. The offense is very good. I think it's going to be great for Josh Allen. I think it's going to be great for Stephon Diggs as well. And I think Ertz can be very good in fantasy if he's on the Buffalo Bills. And I think he will get targeted by Josh Allen. Um, 
Dawson Knox, we, we've seen some improvements from him the past two years. I think it might help him down the road. If he has a veteran in the system, he's still a young guy. That, that, that Zach Ertz. Uh, but I, I like that call, and I think it's getting closer. So my advice, my advice would be, if you also are interested in Zach Ertz and you want to make a move like in Dynasty, you have to do it before the trade. You have to do it now. So if you can get him for low or for cheap right now and you want to make that trade, I, I would suggest it. I would suggest it because I, I saw in one league, some guy was selling Ertz for like a low third in a rookie draft. And if you're a contending team, I'm taking that chance there. I'm taking that chance. So uh, Dynasty is all about making the move before someone's value increases. And I think Zach Ertz is a perfect example from Steffi. Yeah, I, I really do feel he'll he'll be okay. And he's he wants to be bought into. We saw him, you know, again, these are people. We saw him after uh, the Eagles threw that game. He was not happy. He was emotional about it. The dude still wants to ball out. So I think that he'll give his all to the next team. And he's someone that you, you put in the playbook, you know. Uh, and does it take away targets from Moss and Singletary? Maybe. But I think that Ertz will get in the game if he is on that roster. Absolutely, because you you don't make moves to like not use guys. It doesn't make sense, especially if somebody's a, a veteran that's been good in the past. So, uh, good good points all around per usual. So, uh, sleeper again, we defined it at the beginning of the episode. It's it's how you view it. To be honest, uh, you're you're gonna look deep in your dynasty leagues for some sleepers, and then you're gonna look at your redraft league, and the sleepers for that are gonna be completely different. So, a good episode. It's a topic I like to talk about all the time because, again, there's a wide range of spectrums, and and people view them in different ways. So, uh, Steffi, as we close things out here, can you remind everybody, of of course, where to follow you, and then also uh, let us know anything you have coming up. Yeah, I just realized I basically made it through an episode uh, without mentioning a Giants player or making a bad dad joke. So I feel like that should be noted and we props, should uh, props. appreciate that because obviously it, that took a lot. Um, so you guys can find me at Semi Smalls and 3Ls. All my stuff is with FTN, Small Talk, finally finishing up, just getting off topic out. It's been a long uh, run, you know, figuring out how to record things and this is all new to me. So that'll be out very shortly. Uh, small talk came out and you know my injury tracker and whatever else is going on the show and just the stuff everything's on my twitter yeah just go go there go there you'll find what you need there so uh, appreciate your time as always and i know you're traveling so big props to you for being able to find a room to be in finding some decent internet and and we're talking uh and and i really do appreciate that i mean that so uh thank you guys for listening um for me probably live again Tuesday. And then again with Steffi on Thursday and then a bunch of random content in between on Twitter, uh, of course, at P2W fantasy. Thank you guys so much for uh, the people who are in the chat, people who watch live. And then if you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, all that other uh, good platforms there, really appreciate that as well. And uh, have a nice night. Happy fourth weekend coming up.